Wow. Is that outstanding or what? That's, um, well, I'll just give the benediction and get us out of here. What do you say, you know? <laughs> um, gosh, that is great. You know, really, ch- cheering um, and uh, stuff, um, sharing and giving is, is a lot about love. It really is. And, uh, and, and I want to take you to a passage that we looked at uh, last week, and, and we're probably going to look at it again. Um, in weeks to come, at least in reference, uh, that talks a lot about the first century church, first church, um, which is Acts chapter 2. And uh, we're, I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this whole sharing thing. But here, I want to tell you right now, um, this is very simple, real simple what I'm going to do this morning. Um, because, and I'm going to take you maybe some places you haven't thought about in this whole area of sharing or giving. There's the obvious, obviously, money. And, uh, and I don't mean to downplay that. God knows we need it, okay? But, but I, I don't ever want it to be just about that because I want to make a statement. I want to begin by making a statement. I'm going to end by making the same statement. And, and here's what it is. Sharing or giving is about, is about who you are, not what you do. And I want you to think about that for just a minute. It's about who you are, not what you do. And if you think about that for a moment, you're thinking... But you do do this. Yeah, you do. But according to the Bible, it's not just about that. It goes much deeper. So let's go back to Acts chapter 2 and get you to look again. This, this, is, the, this is the first century church, the first church, right after Jesus died and ascended uh, into heaven. Fifty days later, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells people, we start what we now know as, as church. Last week I kind of gave you a little bit of etymology of the word church and so forth. Um, where it came from, where the word came from, Ecclesia called out ones, and called out ones in terms of, of who the believer is, the, the follower of Christ. So we come to chapter 2, verse 38, and we're going to look up some different things here. And this is going to be familiar to you, I hope, if you were here last week. Peter said, change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our Master God invites. He went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over, get out while you can. Get out of this sick and stupid culture. Not encouraging them to to leave Geographically, he's talking about their attitude. Get out of this mess. Quit thinking this way, this, the way the culture thinks. Um, that day, about 3,000 took him at his word and were baptized, and they were signed up. So that's a figurative phrase. Um, they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, probably communion, the prayer and prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline. We're going to talk about worship in an upcoming time in this series. In the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal is celebration, exuberant and joyful. As they praised God, people in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those who believed. I want to go back to that part where he says uh, they sold what they owned, back in verse 45, and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. 
as I said last week, I just want to repeat it very briefly this week, and that is, again, we're not talking about communism or socialism. We're not talking about, okay, we're going to have communal living, which is something um, that was very popular when I was a teenager. I'd had a lot of friends who went off. I never never was quite my thing. Um, uh, but they, I had a lot of friends who really went in for that stuff, like the whole communes. And, of course, it didn't last long. And there's still some of that that goes on, not nearly what, like what we had in the 60s. But uh, because they thought this was the way to be. It wasn't necessarily based on, on the Bible. It was just the thing that they thought should, they should do to share and, and, you know, be a peace child. And, of course, all that was, was uh, going on during Vietnam. And, and we had all kinds of stuff happening and all the other, all the other rigmarole. Big difference. By the way, a lot of you who are younger who don't remember the 60s and, and you think that we're in an anti-war time now, which we are by, for a lot of folks who are very anti-war, um, but keep in mind that you, you need to, you need, as I recollect, you need to probably um, multiply that a bunch because at that time we had a thing called the draft, and uh, there was no all-volunteer army in the 60s, let me just tell you, because I was one that got drafted, and boy, was I not happy, um, and, uh, and a whole lot of others. So, you know, you just multiply whatever anti-war sentiment you see today, multiply that, I think, several-fold, and you see what was going on, and people, as a result, were looking for different things, and one of the things that a lot of people that I knew did was they would, they would go to the whole communal thing, thinking this is the way we really should live. And, of course, it didn't work. It was different here. And in the Acts passage, what you need to understand is that there was a lot going on at the time, and, and there, was, there was a famine, and there was, there was some drought, and there were some other things happening. So these were special circumstances. And I want to reiterate this because I get so tired, and, and 25 plus years, I always hear people, I hear frequently people say that have been students of the Bible, or, or, or sometimes you see it in seminaries or Bible colleges or theological institutions. I just want to have a first century church. I don't. I don't. Why? Because they had poverty all over the place and they had to share. They they just had a giving heart to help each other. Much like we experienced here right after 9-11. Much like we experienced here right after Katrina. Um, In a much greater way back then because they didn't have the media. They They weren't that far apart geographically and so forth. But where people just tried to pitch in and help. Okay, so it was a special circumstance that you need to understand that was going on. What I want you to see is not so much what they did, is why they did it. I want you to see this, this giving heart that just, just, just ekes out of this passage. These people had a giving heart. They wanted to share. And that's what I want to talk about. And that's the key. Here's what I want to do, because this is an important thing for us to understand. And I'm going to take you some places with this that may surprise you a little bit. Uh, more subtle than just the obvious. We're going, to, we're going to try to go all those places. So here's what I want to do. I want to just jump now into, uh, and Josh, I'm just going, to, just going to jump right to those 12 things. 12 bullet points for better sharing, all right? 12, 12 bullet points for better sharing. He said, what, what, do you, what do you mean? I just want to take what we just learned from Acts 2, and I just want to make some application, what we call it. Just some one, two, three, and it's just real, some of them I'll just read through, some of them I'll spend a little time on, but it's very simple things, all right? And, uh, and, I, and I hope it will help you understand where we're going with this whole thing. And, and, and does this have anything to do with, with next uh, uh, Saturday night, um, the, what we're calling Chapter 2? A little bit. But I think it, it, it has also a lot to do with just who you are 
And uh, if you're visiting with us this morning and you're not planning on coming to chapter 2, uh, that's fine. You still need to hear this, okay? More about chapter 2. I'll just do my usual thing here at the end in just a moment because i got another thing I need to tell you about that. But does this have something to do with Renaissance Church becoming more of, a, of, of the church that we should be in terms of having more ownership and, and needing more, more people and more time and more money? Does it have something to do with that? A little bit. But it has just as much to do with who you are. Because keep in mind, I said it once, and I'm probably going to say it two or three more times, giving, sharing is more about who you are, not what you do. It's more about who you are, not what you do. Real quick, 12 bullet points for better giving and sharing. Number one, being a giving person means, you're going to hear that phrase every time I do this, being a giving person means being truly happy when others succeed. That's a giving person. Just like in this the, the concepts, the precepts, and so forth that we saw in this first century church. When somebody succeeded, people were really happy. Somebody, I saw, I was throwing this point by a few people this week, and they were like, ooh, all, our culture needs to hear that. <laughs> when somebody else succeeds, oh, well, I wonder who he, I wonder who's so-and-so he kissed. You know, I wonder who did this. I wonder, you know, I wonder what happened here. You know, you don't mean to be shocking, but maybe you've heard that before. Um, being a giving person means being truly happy when others succeed. You're, because you're a giving person. You, you want to see others succeed. Being a giving person means you sacrifice without thinking about it. That may be money. That may be something as precious as money. Time. Sometimes more precious. You have a lot of money. I'll write you a check, but I don't have time for you. You ever thought that? Um, that means, that means you can give and you don't hold it over people's heads. And you don't think about it. Well, you know what we did for them? You know, we gave our time to help them and you look, where are they now? You know, you remember the money we gave them? Well, what are they doing with that? What, what about now? You know, um, being a giving person means you sacrifice and you don't think about it because you want to give. You have a giving heart. Being a giving person means you're truly, this is sort of a subset of the first one, you're truly <laughs> disappointed when others fail. You say, ooh, I don't know about that. You see somebody fail, they go, man, I, I'm so sorry. I hurt for them. As opposed to sometimes what happens. You know what happens sometimes. Somebody fails, somebody, some big ouster at your company or some other company, somebody you know of, and you're like, ah, did you hear what happened? No, so-and-so? <laughs> He had it coming, you know. Um, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. That's not the issue. Um, being a giving person means you're truly disappointed when others fail. Being a giving person means not expecting, this is a huge thing, not expecting anything in return. Not expecting anything to return ever. Not, e- not, even, not even warm and fuzzy feelings. One of my big issues with a lot of these telephones. And even in church sometimes you see this. You should give because when you give, it'll make you feel good. Did you ever hear that? It'll make you feel good. It might. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you do it because you know it's the right thing to do and you want to and, and there's a degree of cheer about it, but, but, but it doesn't always, if, if that's the reason you're doing it, that's not a good reason. Well, I need to go help this person. I don't really want to go help this person. The call came at 
Has this ever happened to you? 10 o'clock at night and you're all ready to, to, you know, settle down and, you know, watch a little TV and go to sleep or read or whatever it is you do. And then I really need to talk to you. Really need some time. And you're like, oh, gosh. Well, it'll make me feel better if I really go do this. That's not the point. The point is, if I'm a giving person, and listen, it's, a huge, it's a huge thing, I don't expect anything in return, not even, not even warm and fuzzy feelings. I don't hold it over, I don't hold it over people's heads. Um, I give and I forget, and, this, and this, is, this is the other thing. And there are no strings attached. Do you know how much giving of money or of time or of gifts or of advice do you know how much comes without any strings? Not very much. Not very much. Usually there's some sort of string attached. If not, you better do what I say or I've wasted my time. I mean, you know, if I went by that principle, <laughs> I'd be, you know, I'd, I wouldn't do much. <laughs> A lot of people don't do what I, what I tell them the Bible teaches them to do and so forth. Not that I'm the, the source of all that, but, but in any situation. Um, not, you know, that's that no strings attached. That's a that's a tough deal. You know the other thing about this this person who gives, not expecting anything in return. It's a person who 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 really enjoys doing it. It's fun. I want to give to this because I believe in it. I want to spend time helping this person because I believe in them. I want to sp- I want to help in this particular issue and, and give a lot of a lot of my efforts and my energies and my time into this particular endeavor because it's fun and I believe in it. Whatever that giving might be. Being a giving person means not expecting anything in return. That's a tough one right there. Being a giving person means this is this is a, this is another tough one. Giving being a giving person means you don't think about percentage giving. Uh, I, need, I need you to think about this for just a moment. I'm just going to talk exclusively, exclusively here for a moment about giving money. Some people, somehow it started, and I, and I understand this. I won't, it's a lot. It's a long story. Somehow it started, uh, I don't know, about 100, uh, more than that, uh, years ago in the church that everybody should give 10%. And they went to the Old Testament to try to justify that because there's a tithe thing there. And they, they really did, it wasn't good scholarship because truthfully the tithe in the Old Testament really isn't 10%. In the Old Testament, what, they, what the uh, children of Israel were commanded to do was give 10% to the Levites every year. The Levites were, for lack of a better term, the pastoral staff, okay? Now, a little difference in those, in those days because in the Old Testament, they had what you call a theocracy, the people who... Again, I'll use modern vernacular in this. The people who ran the church ran the country, which I, I really am for. I think it should be that way, but it would be so much better. <laughs> Life would be better. You would be happier and, and everything. But anyway, that's not the way it is now. We don't have a theocracy. We have a, a republic. All right? So in those days, in the, in the Old Testament, 10% would be given to the Levites. And, and the Levites were the, 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 the past. They were the singers. They were the ministers, the, the, the pastors, whatever. Okay? 10% would be given to the National Feast and Holidays in the Old Testament. National Feast and Holidays would have the, obviously the Passover, and they would have the, uh, you know, the several different uh, Jewish uh, uh, feasts, and feast, of, uh, feast of the Trumpets, Feast of the Tabernacles. All these are Jewish holidays in the Old Testament. They have different variations of them today. So 10% would be given for those would be national holidays, and they would be big parties, and that's where the money would go for that. And then 10% would be given every three years for poor people, a welfare program. So basically, in the Old Testament, what you had was 23 and a third percent. So if somebody says, I want to tithe like they did in the Old Testament, I will say, 
Great. 23 and a third percent. Here we go. Let's do it. You know, that's not usually what they mean when they say that, okay? Um, my point is this. You give free, when we, just, just on money for just a moment. And we're going to go back to the other stuff in a second. You give because, number one, we should. Number two, I believe in this thing. Number three, I love God. And I do what I can do. For some, that's going to be a whole lot more than 10 or 23 and a third percent. For some, may not be able to give quite that much because of their particular situation. That's between you and God and your family. Never forget that. Never forget that. Don't be pressured. I have a friend one time who went to a particular kind of church where they said, everybody here, and this, this happens every year in some churches. He said, everybody here in this particular church, he said, everybody here, if you promise to give 10% this year, stand up. Everybody stand up. It's going to do that. And, and, uh, I, and this is the true story. And, uh, and my friend at that time had just gotten married. They had just had a baby, which they did not expect, and, and, um, which is a whole other story. And uh, <laughs> for those of you who aren't married yet, birth control doesn't always work. But anyway, that's another um, um, They had just had a new baby, and, and, it, and he, was, he had just started with it. He was a, a blue-collar guy. Okay, and, and he had a very, very limited income. And he said, I, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't at that point in my life give 10%. Since I had known him, he had done very well and gave a lot more than that. But at that particular time in his life, he couldn't give 10%. He said, I felt like crap. Because I couldn't do what I was told would be what good. So, see, see what you get into when you get into stuff like that? Some people can do a whole lot more. Some people can't. You do what you can do. God says you, you, you give as you have prospered. So it's not about percentages. Um, and, 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 you, and it's not what's left over. It's off the top. Here's what we can do. Let's plan. Number six, bullet point. Being a giving person means you give in many ways. I heard, I heard a story just this week of some of our ladies. Uh, after one of our ladies groups, I'm, I'm not sure which one it was, um, and that one of, the, one of the women, one of the younger married women said, I, I really need some help understanding men. I should have been there to really help, but I wasn't. But, uh, but, I, but, uh, but seriously, two or three of the, uh, they're listening, so I've got to be careful how I say this. Um, of the more uh, experienced married women, how's that? That's not offensive, is it? That's okay. Uh, two or three of the more experienced married, they went to lunch. And they shared with the, 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 the younger married person, here's some stuff you can think about. Here's some practical application. That's That's giving. That's giving. And God knows we need that. We need more of that in that area, in the area of finance, in the area of just practical stuff of life. All right? That's, that's you know, don't think that that is some sort of subset of giving. That's right up there with everything else. And don't miss that. And I, I'm afraid we do sometimes. Being a giving person means that, that you give in many ways. Being a giving person means... You don't care about getting credit. In other words, you don't care about whether or not I get credit for it. And so many times, one of the biggest disappointments I got one time, I went to, and I'm not going to tell you where, but it was a, it was a church that I, th- I still think a lot of the church. And I knew that he's long since gone, but the pastor was a very uh, well-known guy at that time, at least in the circles that I traveled. And I'd written several theological books and, and, uh, that, I, that I really appreciated and went to the church. I had to do a wedding there, actually. And... Um, 
Every, I, I, I promise you, I didn't look, but I, I think they must have had names on the commodes because they had names on everything else. They had names everywhere I went. I mean, I'm serious. They had names on everything. Given by so-and-so, so-and-so. And I mean, it was just, and, 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 and you know what? I guess that's fine. I, I suppose if you want to do that, I mean, I'm pictures that have pictures given by so-and-so. You know, and it is, I hate, I'm sounding critical, I know. But that's just, that's just the antithesis, I believe, of what the Scripture teaches us. Uh, it, we're, to give, we're to give anonymously and, and we're to give without care about whether I get credit because there's only one person that counts and he knows. And that's the issue. So don't, don't, don't miss that, okay? And I'll try to be less critical. Um, number eight, being a giving person means you're creative in your giving. You're willing to be honest. Maybe instead of giving, you know, as the old Indian proverb says, instead of giving somebody a, a fish, you give them a fishing pole. You know, or in some cases, uh, maybe writing a check uh, and helping an individual may not be the best thing. Maybe you sit down and talk to them about principles of, of livelihood and finance and working and what that means. Being a giving person means that you're creative in how you give. And, and we, need to, we, need to, we need to stop, we need to think about that. Number nine, being a giving person means... This is huge. You are outward focused. You think about others. That's what this means. This is what it comes down to. This is where I want to go with this thing now. It's not just about time and money and, and energy and, and, you know, teaching Sunday school or, or working in the kitchen or, or all those things certainly are things that every church needs, rightfully so. We've tried here to keep some of those things as limited as possible because you can just, one of the things I've learned and I've been told to hear is that you can just, with school stuff and all the other sports stuff, you can just get worn out volunteering for stuff. So we've tried to be a little sensitive about that here. But you can still be outward focused. Maybe that means taking an extra evening and spending some time with somebody who uh, over dinner who, who just... Needs to talk, just to be friends. Maybe there's not a particular quest in mind here, um, but you love people, and, and, and you know, part of that is you can't judge them for how the fact that they're in a different place than you are. They don't make as money, or they've blown money, or they've blown a ton of money, or they've made some really bad investments, and they're in a bad place. You don't, you know, you, you don't judge people for that situation. Maybe you can help them. Maybe you can help them be more wise with some of their stuff. But you're outward focused. This is so key. This is so key. It's, 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 I think, the crux of the gospel in some ways. That when Christ works in our heart and in our life, we become concerned about others. That's one of our big commitments as, as a church. We're outward focused. If you're here as a visitor, we're tickled to death and we want you to feel comfortable. We want you to, to just, just feel at ease to get to know us or or like Nicodemus did in the New Testament, he wanted to come to talk to Jesus at nighttime. And nobody, he wanted to come anonymously. And if you want to come to church anonymously, we want to provide that opportunity for you. If you want to slip in and slip out, God bless you. Watch out for me. I'll try to run you down and meet you and find out who you are. But you can just say, hey, yeah, I'll talk to you some other time. And that happens sometimes. And I try to be sensitive to that. I'm not as sensitive as I need to be, I realize that. But I mean, that's, that's one of those things. Give... Being a, you've got to be outward focused. That's part of being a giving person. You look back in this first church in Acts, they were giving people. They were looking at others. Oh, there's so-and-so over there. They really, they really need some food. Being a giving person means, this is a tough one. Don't put it up yet. This is a tough one. 
you may not see the connection. Oh, you did it. You put it up there. Okay. He never listens to me, but that's okay. You're a low-maintenance person, okay? It means you're a low-maintenance person. You say, how does that work? What's a high-maintenance person? It's all about me. It's all about me. A low-maintenance person is, I'm more concerned about you. You know? There's this old cartoon. Every now and then, Charlie and I still do this. We saw this cartoon years ago. Just happened. I mean, our kids were at home, which tells you how long ago it was. It's an old cartoon called Chip and Dale. Maybe you're Chip and Dale. I don't mean dancers either, okay? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> chip, two chipmunks, okay? Or squirrels. Chipmunks or squirrels? Chipmunks, okay. Never could quite figure it out. And they were great. I loved those cartoons when the kids would have them on. Chip and Dale, sometimes they'd, I don't know if you ever, they'd get to, well, what do you want to do, Chip? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do, Dale? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do, Chip? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what do you want to do, Dale? That's going back and forth like this for five minutes, I promise you. Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Every now and then we do that to each other. Show. What do you want? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. Of course, it doesn't take too long. Usually I'll have an idea. But anyway, anyway the, the point being this, sometimes we need to treat each other. And, 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 and an outward-focused person is, look, is, what do you want to do? What can, what can I do to help you? How can I serve you? How, that, that's an outward-focused person. That's a giving person. That's the Acts 2 thing that we're talking. That's the, that's the qualities, the attitudes that are there. And we need to understand that. That's a, a low-maintenance kind of person is a giving person. I don't know if we think of it like that. Number 11 is just, it's just really a, 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 it's, it's repetition. Being a giving person means it's not about me and how it makes me feel. Just, just really building on number 10. And number 12, being a giving person means you give of yourself. You give of yourself. Is that money? Yeah. Is that time? Yeah. Is that talent? Yeah. Gifts? Yeah. Energies? Yeah. Keep going right on down. Right on down. It's, that's giving of myself. You see, and that's really the call of Christ upon all of our lives of those of us who have committed our lives to Jesus. It's not about me. I have that residue of that fallen nature that crops up every now and then and it becomes about me and I need to deal with that when that happens. Say, no, it's not about me. You see, a giving person shows up in some of the most amazing places. A giving person shows up certainly by the kind of giver you are to your church. But it also shows up in the kind of husband or wife you are to your mate. A giving person shows up as the kind of parent. Or for some of you, the kind of kid you are to your parents. That doesn't mean that we give our kids everything they want because we give, but we give them love. And sometimes that means, here, take the extra. Sometimes that means, no, because I love you. And it's not best for you. A giving person shows up with the kind of coworker you are. You are at your business. Again, attitude. Doesn't mean I give them everything. Doesn't mean, oh, we got this deal, I'm going to give it all to you. May mean that sometimes. It may mean, hey, that's not fair, but let's. It's the attitude that one has when one approaches that. It's the kind of neighbor that you are to the person that lives next door or across the street. We share because we can, because we should, 
and because people will be blessed because of it. And, and please don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is consequential truth, not motivational truth. It's consequential truth, not... We do this not because we're going to be blessed. We will. And this is where it gets all messed up by people. We will be, but that's not why we do it. Now, that's really hard sometimes to separate. But we do this because it's, it's, the, it's the right thing to do. Does it always feel good? Most of the time, but not always. And we do this because it's the right thing to do. The consequences of it is we will be blessed, but that's not what motivates us. And I'll tell you what, you've got to pray about that one. Because sometimes those, those two motivations get mixed up. Sharing and giving is about who you are, not about what you do. And who you are is affected by, who Jesus, by, by what Jesus has done in your life it, for, for most of us. It's when we've come to Christ and, and, and really seen what a giving heart is as Jesus gives us life, life itself. And we give because of that. Sharing is about who you are, not what you do. Let's pray together. God, we are thankful for these things. And Lord, I just pray, first of all, for me, help me to reflect these truths. Sometimes I do and I'm, sometimes I don't. And I pray that for each one of us here. Help us each one to reflect what it means to be a giving person. I've listed several things, but it could be a lot more. And I, uh, I, I would ask God that we would have the ability to work that out in our own lives. We thank you for the greatest gift of all, the gift of, of life with God, a relationship with God through Jesus. And that he went to the cross and died and rose again for me, for us. We're thankful for that. We thank you for, 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 the, for that truth. And we thank you for Jesus. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.